0: Uh, if you want to look that up, if you have your Bible with you. Um, It's near the end of the Old Testament, just in case you need a wee hint. I have 10 minutes to share a word with you today. And it's a word which I shared when I was in Bulgaria as well. It's something that I felt God put in my heart uh, before I went to Bulgaria. And really, it says here in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, I will stand... My watch. I'm reading from the New King James Version. I I love the language that it uses. Uh, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that they may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, But at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Amen. What an incredible uh, verse. And if you read the book of Habakkuk, I encourage you to read uh, this book. It's only three chapters long. Get the context of what we're talking about here. I'm only just going to touch on it briefly uh, today. But he's talking here about what God will show him. If you read Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 1, it says this, the burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. How do you see a burden? Well, when you go and you visit another country and you see what's happening in another culture, God may give you a burden. He may burden you for what you've seen. And maybe all that you're able to do is pray about it. Maybe something you even see in the news. Maybe it's something you see as you walk outside of this church building today. Maybe it is a child. Maybe it is a situation. It could be any one of a number of things. And when we see it, God puts a burden on our hearts. Now, the burden that pr- the prophet had was to see the fall of Jerusalem, to see the captivity of Jerusalem, and it was a difficult thing for him to watch. So, if you if you read uh, Habakkuk, you'll, you'll get what has been said there. But the, the prophet cries out, and this is a cry which is so familiar. How long? How long, God? How long do we have to wait? God speaks to him, and he shows him what's going to happen to his people. He shows him about captivity. He shows him that the future isn't going to be easy. And I just think it's interesting that God takes the time to show him this. Why? so that he can begin to pray into the situation. What does it say there? Verse 1, I will stand my watch. I will set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I'm corrected. The language there is of somebody who is watching, of somebody who is keen to find out what's happening and to take hold of that and to carry that burden one of the things that I shared when I was in the church in Haskovo is that when God shows us something, when God gives us a burden, then there is a cost attached to carrying that burden. There's always a cost. When God gives you a vision, there will always be a cost to carrying that vision. The thing that you're waiting for to come to fulfillment, that thing which you see in your spirit and hasn't taken place yet, there's a cost to carrying that vision, to carrying that burden. There's a cost when you see the needs of others. Sometimes it's a personal cost. Sometimes it's you putting your hand inside your own pocket and helping somebody out. Personal cost. Sometimes it's going to somebody that you actually might not really go on very well with. And there's a cost to that as well. There's a personal cost when we have to humble ourselves before other people. God saw something that was wrong. He saw that there was something wrong with the world. And there was a personal cost to God. God saw that the world was going off track. It was going a different way from He had planned. And He saw that we were slipping into sin and into a a path that would take us further and further away from God. That's what happened to these people as well. They chose their own path And they got further and further away from God, and God had to bring them back in. Unfortunately, he used another nation who would uh, oppress them to do that. Terrible. But that's what happened in this situation. There's always a cost, and the cost for God was that he sent his own son to die on the cross for us. He sent Jesus to die on a cross to bear our sins. He bore a personal cost for what he saw a burden for what he saw, and he carried that burden within himself. Jesus carried our sin to the cross. He died on the cross. What more could anybody do? The Bible says greater love has no man than he who lays down his life for his friends. When you see something, when God shows you something, are you prepared to lay your life down for that? When God gives us a vision, He expects us to carry that vision. Do you have a vision? What is your vision, your personal vision for your life? Not just your hopes and dreams and your kind of wishful thinkings. I remember years and years ago, my wishful thinking was I'd like to, you know, I'm going to have a Porsche and, you know, be rich and famous and blah, blah, blah. Well, there came a point in my life where I said, I'm not interested in that anymore. I'm not interested in that vision. That vision's not taking me anywhere. That's not God's vision for my life. That's my plan. That's what I want to see. And if anybody feels really, really rich and wants to bless me with a Porsche, I will not complain, okay? Um, But these are not important things. What is important is the vision that God puts in our hearts, that thing which is going to help the kingdom of God. Do you have a vision from God? Are you prepared to carry that vision? And if you do... There's a process of waiting for the vision to come to pass. Whatever that vision is. And in that time of waiting, that's when we can falter and fail. But we need to understand here, from what the the prophet has said, though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. God's timing is perfect. It's always perfect. But we need to press in while we're waiting. And it's sometimes in that waiting time that God begins to shape us. I've quoted before Oswald Chambers, that God gives us a vision, and then he takes us down into the valley, and he knocks us into the shape of the vision. And it made me think about what it's like when you're waiting to see what God has shown you to be fulfilled. And I kind of thought, as I was preparing to speak um, in Bulgaria last week, that it's like the blacksmith who comes along, and he has a vision for what he's going to do with a big lump of metal. What does he do first? He takes the lump of metal and he puts it in a furnace. And he heats the metal up and he gets the oxygen in, he blows in it. The fire is intense and the metal glows red hot. And he takes it out using the tongs and he begins to beat that metal with a hammer. Doesn't he? Can you hear the noise in your head? The clank as the metal gets squashed between the anvil and the hammer. And it made me think about what it's like as a Christian And people say that Christianity is for people who need crutches. Okay, let me just say that I lean on God all the time. So if you want to think that, then that's fine. I lean on God, I depend on God all the time. I depend on God for the very words that come out of my mouth sometimes because my brain doesn't work. And you think I'm kidding by that, and I'm not. I Genuinely, I'm not kidding. And we find ourselves sometimes in circumstances where it's almost like the heat is getting turned up. Have you ever been there? When you're in a circumstance, you're thinking, where's God? And you just feel that the heat is getting turned up. Circumstances. Maybe you feel that people are against you, people are in your family, things are happening. Maybe you feel that you lack privileges that other people have. Certainly the people that we met, who were up on that screen, lack certain privileges. And the heat can get turned up in our lives. And I shared... Uh, some of our story as a family you know, most of you will know our story in 2001, it was a terrible year, and I shared something of that uh, story how when the heat gets turned up in your life, you can make you can, you can do one of two things you can press into God and you can hold on to God or you can walk the other way and when the heat's on when the heat's been on in my life and often the heat is on by the way I sometimes feel like the heat's always on I'm like will you please turn the temperature down just for a wee while I just want to cool down but when the heat's on we can do one or two things we can say okay I'm in these circumstances God is doing something in the circumstances and I need to find out what it is and I need to allow him to turn the heat up in order to shape me as a person when you go away on missions trip you feel the heat turned up when the heat is turned up, it shows you things that are inside yourself. The impurities, sometimes that need to get knocked out. And then there's the hammering. When God allows us to go through circumstances that shape our character. And i thought about this word character. I've mentioned it in church years ago. The word character in the original language means to engrave. And it's when we go through circumstances and God is writing things into our very being. There are things which are part of you and part of me, which God has written into us over the years, and they form part of who we are. It's what makes us us, not just as a person in our personality, but spiritually. There are things which form us and make us, uh, and we, they can either take us closer to God or take us away from God. And sometimes you can feel like you're under that hammer blow. Been through difficulties that have shaped my character. Going through difficulties that are shaping my character. You are probably going through difficulties that are shaping your character. The question is, are you going to hold on to the vision which God has given you? Are you going to hold on to the vision that God has given us as a church? You see, we need to wait for it to become a reality. It doesn't all happen right away. Joseph experienced 13 years of slavery and imprisonment. Where's God? What's happened to this vision? I had a dream. Stars in the sky bowing down. Sun and moon bowing down. Sheaves of corn. My brother's coming and bowing down to me. What's happened to the vision? Where is it? 13 years and I've been stuck in prison. Where's God? Well, God was right there. God had a perfect timing because God brought Joseph out of prison at exactly the right time. Moses experienced 40 years in the desert, on the run for fear of his life. And at just the right time, he came across a burning bush, and God spoke to him from there. Paul, he spent three years in Arabia before beginning his ministry. You read that in Galatians 1.18. He didn't just launch straight in. There was a process. And then I think about Daniel and his friends. And we read about them that they experienced the heat and the hammer. Well, actually, the three Hebrew youths didn't experience the heat. They said, even if God doesn't come and rescue us, we're still not going to bow down to your idol. Even if God doesn't come and rescue us, we're not going to bow down. And I wonder if we are prepared to say that. Even if things don't go the way we think, we're still not going to conform to the world's ways to other things even if God doesn't come through the way that we expect and they didn't bow down and they were thrown into a furnace so hot that the guards who threw them in were burnt, killed and the people said we can see four people in there God says he'll never leave us never forsake us in difficult situations Daniel was told not to pray what did he do? he went home He opened his window so that people could hear him praying. It's almost like saying, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. (laughs) Here's a wee file, sharpen up the lion's teeth. But Daniel was delivered from the lion's den. And I wonder if we're really prepared to hold on and to keep pressing into God until the vision becomes a reality. What are we going to do? The vision it's for an appointed time. Maybe there are things which you're holding on to God for today. And God has shown you something. You're holding on to that. You're holding out for that. My encouragement is not to give up. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. It's very tempting when we don't see God coming through the way we expect to lose heart and to give up and to resort even maybe to our own wisdom, our own own ideas. And we could say more about that as well. But I'm going to finish with one verse, because I've got 30 seconds left, from Isaiah 62. Again, reading from the the New King James, verses 6 and 7. Another verse that spoke to me. I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace, day or night. You who make mention of the Lord do not keep silent and give him no rest till he establishes until he makes jerusalem a praise in the earth give him no rest till he establishes until he makes jerusalem his praise in the earth we're encouraged to not stay silent we're encouraged to pray and to give god no rest